Hello and welcome to Angular Rocks, podcast for those who want to know more about Angular. My name is Alexey Kuncevich, and today we talk about dependency injection. And I want to introduce our special guest, Dmitro Majenski. Dmitro is a lead front-end developer at Broadcom. Also, he's running a YouTube channel called Decoded Frontend, focused on Angular and GraphQL. Hello, Dmitro. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Uh, can you tell a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, my name is Dmitro Mzhensky. Yeah, uh, I'm originally from Ukraine. Now I'm living in Austria and working as a lead front-end developer at uh, Broadcom. Uh, as a front-end developer, um, I started to work in 2012. So yeah, it's almost eight years Nine years, oh my God, time fl <laughs> flies. <laughs> um, so yeah, and I, I was working um, mostly with uh, Angular uh, and a little bit with React. And yeah, as you mentioned, I run my uh, YouTube channel. So yeah. Dimitro, I'm so much excited to discuss dependency mm -hmm. injection with you today. At first, let's try to answer the question, what problem dependency injection solve? Um, well, uh, it uh, solves um, the very important problem of uh, tight uh, coupling between uh, classes when one class, as example, depends on some another concrete class and um, having these classes decoupled enables you to um, kind of let's say, re replace dependencies without changing the uh, class which uses them, which is very, a very useful thing, actually. And it um, opens doors to uh, test drive uh, development, TDD uh, development, uh, because it uh, allows you to properly test your classes as a, as a one unit yeah, without any dependencies. You can mock dependencies and provide them to the class uh, so this is yeah increasing testability of your components classes and of course it leads to better um, extensibility of your components and classes and uh, as a, it's easier to maintain your uh, code base after all yeah this is like in short <laughs> Do you think it's possible, like maybe someone don't want to use dependency injection, they maybe have some opinions why they don't want to use it? Do you think being an Angular developer, should you even consider this kind of thinking? Uh, well, in Angular, it's uh, pretty hard to avoid uh, dependency injection because this is one of the like uh, core thing in uh, Angular design itself. Um, and uh, important to understand that it's not something also uh, Angular-specific thing. Yeah, the dependency injection uh, is actually the uh, design pattern which implements a couple of um, uh, design principles like inversion of control and uh, dependency inversion principle. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, you can implement this with any language. You can. Uh, 
you can see it in different frameworks, not necessarily a front end, uh, or you can see it even on the back end side. There are a lot of implementations of this dependency injection. Uh, in Angular, this is the core feature which uh, you just ca cannot avoid. Yeah, how to <laughs> how to put it? Uh, if you if you want to have your application flexible and maintainable, yeah, you have to definitely learn and use uh, DI in uh, Angular. The dependency injection is a feature, right? So which makes your application to be more mm -hmm. better maintainable, exactly. better testable. And uh, things like that. This idea is actually not new. Uh, Angular team didn't invent yeah. dependency injection, right? So it's early days pattern, mm -hmm. let's say, which came from backend languages, Java and C Sharp. They using this dependency injection for many, yeah. many years, right? It's also like a core feature uh, mm -hmm. in those languages. And uh, Angular probably like the first uh, ever front end framework who brought this feature to Yeah, I agree, I agree. At least me, I, I didn't see uh, yet the, something uh, which reminds dependency injection on React side. Yeah? React uh, implements the inversion of control differently with this hox, which I find not so elegant way how uh, comparing to Angular. Uh, and uh, I didn't hear that the Vue.js also have something similar, but I'm not uh, really uh, expert in Vue. So. <laughs> but on the front end, uh, I'm agree, yeah, this is, uh, Angular is the uh, first and probably only one framework which has this concept implemented. In your opinion, Zmitro, what do you think uh, Angular developers should know about dependency injections? Say there is a junior Angular developer mm -hmm. who just started learning Angular, and so he discovered dependency injection. So what would be your recommendation for this particular developer? Um, okay, uh, first, uh, I would recommend to... Uh, um uh, find the answer for the question why. <laughs> so oh, why it's uh, why why and uh, we need dependency injection. Yeah, the thing which I answered a couple of minutes ago, and uh, then uh, the developer should understand uh, actually how um, a concrete implementation of dependency injection because uh, as we mentioned before dependency injection it's a pattern it doesn't mean that it's similar it has similar implement same implementation in all uh, languages and all uh, frameworks and so on angular has its own way uh, how dependency injection implemented and um, he or she should understand how angular um, actually resolves dependencies right how uh, how this process uh, is happening then, then we have to understand how dependency injection also works with the lazy loaded models which is also it has some um, features if i can say it like this then uh, after this once we know these basic things it's it makes sense to uh, dive deeper and uh, figure out how 
uh, we as developers can um, control the resolution of uh, dependencies and how we can control the creation of this dependency. Yeah, So how we uh, can use dependency providers in order to control this process of creation of our dependencies. And uh, this is kind of basic things uh, we as developers should understand. Right. So, yeah, if you're just new to Angular or new to dependency injection, it's just a pattern. So, I mean, it might be looking a little bit complex in the uh, first time, but yeah, you get used to it. Uh, it's, and it will make your life uh, easier building applications. That's for sure. Yeah. It's pretty much straightforward concept. But until you dive really deeper into concrete implementation, this algorithm there, it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> quite hard. Yeah, you start just, you know, like inject <laughs> things in your constructor. Yeah, exactly. So then once you became comfortable with that, then probably you just dig dive and see how it really works, mm -hmm. which leads us actually to the next question for today. How dependency injection actually works in Angular? Oh, um, well, this is... Uh <laughs> quite hard to explain without uh, slides, <laughs> but right. let, let's yeah, try just, it. <laughs> just in it. Let's let's try to do it just in a couple of sentences, right? I mean, I know it's hard without the slides, but yeah, I mean, I think we can. We will try. Let's try let, it. Let's to, try it. To yeah. do it without yeah. without <laughs> slides. <laughs> yeah. So let, let's give it a try. Every component and directive when Angular creates. Uh, the component and directive, it also create uh, for every of them such a thing called injector. And injector, this is the guy who actually creates our dependencies and stores this dependency, which we provide using the provider's property inside our um, components and directive annotation. And it, it stores uh, there inside the injector and it has a method get which returns uh, the dependency which we request. And um, as we all uh, most probably know that uh, Angular builds um, component tree. So we have component tree and because for every of component uh, we have the injector, we get also uh, injector tree. And this is the first hierarchy which Angular dependency injection has. It's called um, not injectors hierarchy. And also Angular has another hierarchy which represented by model injectors. And uh, if your application, Angular application has um, only eagerly loaded model, so you don't use lazy loading at all, this hierarchy represented as a uh, root app injector, and then it has, if I remember right, uh, platform injector. It's a parent uh, of uh, root injector. And at the very top, um, uh, there is a null injector. If we declare a dependency in component, Angular first check the injector of its component. Yeah, it asks, do you have this dependency, what I declared in the constructor, and if injector has, this dependency it returns the instance of this dependency if it doesn't have it just ask parent injector if the parent injector has this dependency and uh, parent dependency 
does the same thing. It checks in its own injector. If it doesn't have, it goes up until it reaches the root of this first hierarchy, this node injector hierarchy. If Angular reaches this part and there is no providers there for this um, dependency, Angular goes back to this component and it checks in which um, model it, it declared. So if it eagerly uh, loaded model, most probably the injector will be the root injector. And the same story happens there. Root injector checks its own um, injector. If it exists, it returns the instance. Otherwise, it goes up until it reaches null injector. And null injector does the only one thing. It just throws an error that uh, dependency was not found. Yeah, this is, uh, in short, how mm -hmm. Angular resolves uh, the dependencies. So basically, there is like a complex algorithm, uh, Angular dependency injection implementation. Mm -hmm. What it does, it looks for your dependencies. So say if you uh, have a service in your application, mm -hmm. right? If you injected uh, this uh, particular service in your constructor, mm -hmm. so Angular on the compile time, mm -hmm. it checked, are you providing this particular instance of a service, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Just to put it simple, Angle trying to find uh, this particular instance implementation. And if it's fine, so it can use mm -hmm. it. But if it won't find, it's throwing a null error. And it's like probably the most common error. Something saying like static injector exactly, error, yeah. no provider for XYZ, yeah, right? Yeah. You say you have XYZ service. So, and you see in the console, no provider for XYZ and Z. It means you didn't provide your service. Yes. So you have to solve this error eventually. You just check where you uh, import in this service and just to make sure that you provide in this service, right? And so there is a multiple ways of provide services in Angular, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. There is like old way and sort of new way. Maybe it's not new anymore, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah, there is multiple options of uh, providing uh, services. Yeah. I would not say that it's old way. That it's just another way how to provide. I mean that um, right, right. Uh, you can use this injectable annotation and provide it in, and also you have to use this uh, old way or yeah, old way of providing the injectors via this provider's um, uh, provider's property. Uh, but for components, as example, if you uh, configure some uh, node injector in some component, this is the only one way how you can provide uh, services. Yeah. So we can provide services on a component level? Mm -hmm. And we can provide services on a module level, right? Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so what are the ways to provide um, services on a component level? And what are the ways or options to provide a services on a on a module level. Ah, yeah. So, yeah, on the component level, you have to use this provider's property and provide the uh, array of 
dependencies. Uh, if you want to configure the model uh, injector, you have to use this uh, injectable annotations and this provided in uh, property. Or you can use this uh, um, old way of providing like in the uh, ng model annotation, it has also providers property and you can um, provide it there, but it's not recommended way. Mm -hmm. you, you have to mm -hmm. better use this uh, provided in because it, it's reshakable. And uh, to me, it's way more clear, clear, clearer way to do this thing. Right. So remember, dear listeners, so if you want to provide a service within a component level, you have to use this decorator, providers mm -hmm. array. And if you want to use, uh, if you want to provide uh, services on a module level, so use this special property provided in, mm -hmm. which is reshakable and it will make your life easier. Yeah, exactly. In this particular case. <laughs> yeah. Do you think, is there any tips and tricks and common gotchas you can talk about? Uh, okay, uh, uh, let, let me think. Yeah, the, the first uh, first thing I would like to mention here, it is um, this using provided in uh, property in order to make uh, your services reshakable. Uh, then I would uh, recommend also um, provide such a global things like uh, window document, local storage, uh, wire dependency injection. And why? Because um, let's say uh, you, especially if you have a library, you never know in which environment your library will be used. And um, I'm not sure, as example, as in Ionic, if they have this local storage uh, object in their environment, but most probably that they don't have such a thing and your library will be useless in such environments. But if you use the dependency injection, you can use this um, uh, use value configuration or configure your injection token and provide your uh, global uh, objects via dependency injection. So you can mock it if as example, some environment doesn't have local storage. You can mock it. You you can implement the interface of this local storage, and that this will be working for you. Your application will not be breaking. Uh, what, what what else interesting uh, could be? Ah, yeah, the, the the one thing which uh, I, I was uh, actually uh, surprised back then, a lot of years ago. But anyway, turns out that if you want to inject some class, it's not necessary to decorate it with injectable. We need injectable the decorator only if we want to inject something in the class in the constructor of this class. So if you want to, if you have some user class, you can inject this into I don't know your component, and it will be working fine. But if you want to inject the HTTP client, as example, into this uh, user class, you will not be able to do this until you uh, decorate this with injectable annotation. This is the was interesting finding for me <laughs> that because a, a lot of people thinking that if you want to inject this class you have to decorate this with injectable but it, it's uh, it solves a little bit different uh, problem <laughs> different yeah, it's exactly i have this experience as well like a few years ago 
So, I mean, because like, say you just generated this new service with Angular CLI, mm -hmm. right? And GNU service name, mm -hmm. it's this injectable decorator is always there. And you, yeah, you not overthink like why is there, and you assume mm -hmm. you want to make this service injectable, yeah. right? But then you like discovered, oh, actually no, it's, it's yeah. working <laughs> completely differently. True, <laughs> true. Yeah, so I think everyone, every Angular developer, come <laughs> through this. I, I, I know that's a just interesting observation. I, I don't know any uh, practical use case for this. It's just uh, uh, just my observation. Uh, then mm, interesting. Uh, I mean, the, the, what we have to keep in mind is um, uh, hierarchical hierarchical nature of uh, dependency injection in Angular. Angular and um, the interesting uh, there is an interesting pattern which also relates to dependency injection called uh, lightweight injection token um, uh, that's uh, I mean, quite hard to explain it's uh, very important for uh, developers who makes their own libraries and have some optional dependencies uh, um, very often we have uh, like um, view child or content child which which is optional. And if you are not using this um, lightweight injection token pattern, uh, your optional component, um, let, let's say if you have component, will be included into the bundle. But with this lightweight injection token, this optional bundle will be tree shaken in case if it's not being used by developer who utilizes your library. And uh, yeah, and uh, the last thing, uh, uh, yeah, remember that you have control over how Angular resolves uh, dependencies. So use um, resolution modifiers like optional, self, skip self, host. And also you have control over the creation of your dependencies. So you can use uh, uh, dependency providers like use class, use existing, use value, use uh, something else, uh, what I forgot, use function or ah, use factory, sorry, use factory, which is technically use function, yeah, because it's, it should be the function which resolves uh, your dependencies thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish back in the days I'd know all these features right in the spot. Or me too. <laughs> it was lots of headaches and uh, misunderstandings and things like that. Mm -hmm. You have trial and error, trial and error, and that's the way you learn. Yeah, that's the only like way. <laughs> back in the days. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's only the way. Hopefully, guys who listen to this episode, uh, you won't uh, waste a lot of your time <laughs> trying to understand Angular dependency injection, how it works. And also one remark, um, you remind me about my ju junior times. <laughs> uh, I, and I know a lot of uh, also beginners uh, think uh, that um, services in Angular are singletons. This is uh, yes and no, means they are singletons in scope of injector, but they are not singleton, not necessary. They're singletons across the whole application. That's also mm -hmm. important to understand that you can create multiple uh, instances of same service depend on like where, where you provide them. 
if you have only provided in root and you are not providing uh, your uh, service anywhere else in your application, then uh, it will be a single tone across the whole application. But if you provide this on the component level and on some module level, it will be two different instances. Mm -hmm. It will not be uh, single tones across the app. This is yeah, also sometimes confusing part. Yeah, and it's very important to understand uh, that's all like coming with experience most of the time. And especially this situation, as you just mentioned, you might assume that you have uh, one service mm -hmm. in your application, but because you're providing in, in multiple places, say like in a root, and then you might provide it in a lazy loaded model. Mm -hmm. So you have actually multiple versions of this uh, service. Exactly. And so if you know that, uh, if you know how it works, and if you know this particular case, so then it will solve lots of problems. It's very important to know this. And I think it's a very good tip as well mm -hmm. for those who just started learning Angular. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we covered a lot. And just a quick wrap up. Uh, unless, Dimitro, you have anything else to say? Um, oh, what I can say in the end, uh, learn dependency injection, use dependency injection. Dependency injection is cool. And uh, good knowledge of uh, DI in Angular allow you to build better apps and be uh, better developers. So, yeah. <laughs> I completely agree on that. Nothing can stop you of using dependency injection if you are an Angular developer. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, it's time to wrap up. Uh, Dimitro, can you tell how people can reach you out? Uh, yeah, you can uh, just uh, Google uh, Decoded Frontend and definitely you will uh, find my YouTube channel and uh, Facebook page, uh, where else? Uh, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Just yeah, uh, look for Dmitry Mazensky. And also my YouTube channel has all necessary uh, links to social media, so you, you can find it there. YouTube is the best uh, place to reach me. So you can find all these links in the show mm -hmm. notes. That's all for now. Yeah. Thank you, Dmitro, for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. My name me. is Alexey Konsevich. <laughs> and this is Angular Rocks. <laughs> hey, Alexei here again. I'm excited to share with you that I will be soon publicly releasing my Angular learning program. I've been developing it now for some time. The program consists of a one-hour free live workshop precursor, followed by a series of interactive workshops which will teach you how to go from zero to production, advanced Angular concepts and best practices. I'm looking forward to sharing the details with you soon. Stay tuned. In case, if you would like to be the first in the queue to get alerted about this, subscribe to my mailing list at konsevich.dev. It's spelled like K-U-N-C-E-V-I-C dot dev i put the link into the show notes bye for now <laughs>